Just real quickly before we get to this week's episode, I'd like to remind you to share, like, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it. And please, give it a five-star rating as it helps the show to beat the big tech algorithms. Also, if you love the Red Pill Patriot Show, please consider becoming a patron subscriber for as little as $10 a month. For your subscription, you'll receive early access to each weekly episode, access to exclusive content, and many other perks and benefits. Just visit the show's website at www.redpillpatriot.net and click on the red support the show button in the upper right hand corner to be taken to our subscriber page. While you're there, be sure to check out the other great content and get caught up on any of the past episodes of the show you may have missed. Remember, support what you love or it will go away. Thanks everyone and have a great day. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. Oh, how things have changed in just two weeks, everyone. Hello there. It's Dr. Matt with the Red Pill Patriot Show. I am so grateful to be back with you and to take this opportunity to talk to you about a very exciting topic that we got coming up this week. And this title of the episode this week is Bernie 2.0. As you know, we've already done one episode uh, sort of kind of about Bernie Sanders. Uh, a little bit there, but this one is going to be a little bit different because, you know, last time I, I produced an episode, which like I said, I, I had two weeks off for some personal reasons. I think there was like five or six, uh, democratic presidential candidates still in the race. And, uh, lo and behold, as I sit here today, we're down to, to, well, two and a half. <laughs> uh, we got, you know, Joe Biden, uh, who has made an amazing turnaround, um, as far as I thought he was dead in the water, I thought he was just on his way, circling the drain, ready to go down. And, and then there's Bernie Sanders and, uh, we can talk all about Bernie. And in fact, we are going to talk all about Bernie and, and the half that I'm talking about there is Miss Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I'm not sure why she's still in the race. I think she's got one delegate, uh, so far in all the primaries, but super Tuesday, as you know, turn things drastically around on this whole thing. So we're going to delve into all that here coming up, but the important thing that we need to know is Bernie Sanders is saying one thing that sounds great to everyone. It sounds great. And that's why he's getting so much excitement from the younger voters in particular. But like my mother said when I was growing up, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Well, today I'm going to show you Bernie's friends or the people that he surrounds himself in his campaign. And we're going to see exactly what America will get if indeed Bernie Sanders becomes the presidential candidate for the Democratic Party and then, heaven forbid, wins the general election in November. So buckle up because we're going to discuss all that and so much more on this week's episode of The Red Pill Patriot Show.
let's just cut to the chase. Okay, there's lots to cover. And I want to start off by just simply saying that Bernie Sanders may call himself a Scandinavian-loving democratic socialist, but in reality, he's a communist and the front man for a very dangerous movement that is so much larger than himself. He is not what he purports to be, and it is time that America knows the truth about him and those that he surrounds himself with. So far, the leftist media hasn't given Bernie any real pushback on any of his socialist agenda, such as significantly higher taxes, Medicare for all, and essentially a near government takeover of any industry that you or I can think of. It will ultimately result in our stock market crashing if he is elected president. And that's where you and I must intervene and get the message out to as many of our fellow citizens as we can. Now, I want to show you exactly who Bernie is surrounding himself with. And I want to go back to an incident that you may not remember right now, but it was key. I want to go back to June 14th, 2017. The shooting took place at Eugene Simpson Stadium Park in Alexandria, Virginia, across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C. There were 24 Republican congressmen who had gathered at the park to practice for the next day's congressional baseball game for charity, an annual bipartisan event first held in 1909. Among those at the practice were House Majority Whip Steve Scalise, Senators Rand Paul and Jeff Flake, Representative Roger Williams, Chuck Fleischman, Trent Kelly, Mo Brooks, Brad Wenstrup, Rodney Davis, Jeff Duncan, Jack Bergman, and Joe Barton. According to representatives Ron DeSantis and Jeff Duncan, they were approached before the shooting at the practice field by a man who asked whether Republicans or Democrats were practicing on the field. Duncan reportedly replied that it was the Republican team. DeSantis later told reporters that both he and Duncan believed that the man was the perpetrator of the shooting, a man by the name of James Hodgkinson. It should be noted that Mr. Hodgkinson, who was 66 years old, had participated in the Bernie Sanders presidential campaign during the 2016 presidential election. He had written 27 letters to the editor of the Belleville News Democrat between March 2008 and September 2012 on various political and economic topics, many of which were anti-Republican. Do we know where he's at? Do we know where he's at? On May 22, 2017, he wrote, quote, Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump and company, end quote. Above his repost of a change.org petition demanding, quote, illegal removal, end quote, of President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence for treason. He belonged to numerous political Facebook groups, including those named, quote, terminate the Republican Party, the road to hell is paved with Republicans, and Donald Trump is not my president, end quote. Hey, is that guy okay out there? 
the guy, that guy Senator Bernie okay? Sanders responded to the anybody shooting talk, when he said, quote, I have just been informed that the alleged shooter at the Republican baseball practice is someone who apparently volunteered on my presidential campaign. I am sickened by this despicable act. Let me be as clear as I can be. Violence of any kind is unacceptable in our society, and I condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. Real change can only come about through non-violent action, and anything else runs counter to our most deeply held American values." End quote. Now, while I don't doubt Senator Sanders was being sincere with his words at that time, you will see that there has been no repercussions for some of his current field workers on this current campaign of 2020 who have said far worse actions will be taken if Bernie is not the Democratic nominee this year. We'll explore more about the many people who are surrounding Bernie Sanders. Right after a quick break. So don't go away. There's so much more to come. We have all seen it before. Maybe it's even happened to you. You tweet out something that's on your mind and... That's right. The Twitter overlords have placed you in Twitter jail. So much for free speech, right? Well, wrong. There is an alternative and a better platform. I invite you to take a look at Parler.com. Parler was founded in 2018 and is based in Henderson, Nevada. Good old American company. After being exhausted with a lack of transparency in big tech, ideological suppression, and privacy abuse, the co-founders decided to create an alternative solution. Parler provides a commenting and social news platform for digital publishers, influencers, bloggers, writers, politicians, and social users to share news, opinions, and content in real time. Additionally, they provide enterprise tools to enhance online blogs, media, and websites with direct social integrations and monetization capabilities. Parler's goal is to offer the world a platform that protects users' rights, supports publishers, and builds communities. They are not regulators, they are not governors, they simply are a community. I cannot recommend Parler high enough as the best free speech social media platform out there for everyone. It's time to take back control from Twitter and speak your mind. You can find and download the app in either the Apple App Store or on Google Play or on any major web browser, go to parlor.com. Once you've downloaded it to your phone, be sure to set up your account. And lastly, make sure you find me by searching for at Red Pill Patriot Show. So as we move forward with the show, I want to get into talking with you a little bit about who are some of the people that Bernie is surrounding himself with this time around as he's running for president. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about what I call Bernie's deck of cards. And what that means is, you know, just like in previous administrations, how they've used various cards uh, to determine the importance or value of various various terrorists and enemies of America, I thought it would be good here to kind of give that same kind of analogy for certain people on his campaign. Now, I personally, I'm a huge fan of the game of Euchre. And if you know how the game is played, you'll get my references here. But if you've never heard of Euchre, then let me explain the basics. In the game of Euchre, four people play in teams of two. 
Uh, the only cards that are used are the nines, tens, jacks, queens, kings, and aces of all four suits. In each round of play, one player will call a trump suit, and that determines the strength order of the cards to be played. Depending on what suit is trump, the jack of that suit is called the right bar and is the most powerful card uh, in, the, in that hand, okay? The left bar is the jack of the opposing same color suit and is the second most powerful card. Following that, you have the ace, king, queen, ten, and nine of the trump suit that are the next most powerful cards in that order. So I know it's a little bit, bit confusing, but for example, let's just say we were playing a game and uh, for the round that we were playing, the suit of clubs was called as the trump suit. So if we were to list the cards from most powerful to least, that would be the jack of clubs or the right bar, the jack of spades, which is the left bar, then the ace, king, queen, ten, and nine of clubs are the most powerful cards in that descending order. Now hopefully that makes sense to everyone. So what I want to do is I want to start now with the nine of clubs, so to speak, of Bernie Sanders' campaign. These are the field organizers, and while they're not very powerful in the grand scheme of things, what they have to say is where they get their power from. Now, I want to start with two people that you may have heard of before, uh, if you listen to any of the Project Veritas recordings that were released a, a little while ago. This is Kyle Jarek and Martin Weis Weisberger. Uh, they are two field organizers on the Sanders campaign. One, I believe, is in Iowa. The other is in South Carolina. I believe Mr. Jarek was in Iowa at the time, and, and then Martin was in uh, South Carolina. And they were talking with an undercover reporter from Project Veritas. So let's take a quick listen to what they had to say. You're not going to get Bernie to say gulags, but, like, I'm all aboard for gulags. Like, I, I, I feel as though there needs to be re-education for a significant portion of our society. Alternative, instead of, like, trying to, like, re-educate re these people and put them back into society, the, other, the only other alternative is to f you know what I mean? What will help is when we send all the Republicans to the re-education. <laughs> Can you imagine Mitch McConnell? Oh, God, he wouldn't survive. Lindsey Graham. What are we going to do with those people that resist the change? Because that's a big deal. Well, I'll tell you what. In Cuba, what do they do to reactionaries? They shot them on the beach. Here's where Mr. Jarek just nods his head. Do you want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it, but... All right, two lovely gentlemen, as you can see. Now, if you weren't able to understand everything that was said, I will post links to the video in the show commentary so you can check them out for yourself. But of note, Mr. Jarek, the first person you heard, states that he's all aboard for gulags because he feels that there's a significant portion of our society to be re-educated or that needs to be re-educated. Now, for those that may not know what a gulag is, since our schools aren't really teaching true history in many cases today, the gulags were the government agency in charge of the Soviet forced labor camps located in Siberia mainly. They were set up under Vladimir Lenin and reached their peak usage during Joseph Stalin's rule from the 1930s to the early 1950s. Living and working conditions in the camps were varied significantly across time and place. However, to one degree or another, the large majority of prisoners at most times faced meager food rations, inadequate clothing, overcrowding, poorly insulated housing, poor hygiene, and inadequate health care to say the least. Basically, a gulag would not be something that all the virtue signaling on the left would uh, approve of. 
And if you think these were only reserved for the truly bad criminals, check out this list of some of the offenses and sentences associated with them that would get an individual sent to the gulag. Case in point, has anyone listening to this podcast ever been late for work? I know I have. Well, in the Stalin era, a person who arrived late for work three times wasn't simply given a written warning, oh no, 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 they could be sent to the gulag for three years of hard labor. How about this one? Have you ever told a joke about a government official? Listen up, Johnny Depp, Kathy Griffin, and the cast of The View. You'll especially want to pay attention to this one. You see, under Joseph Stalin, you weren't rewarded with thumbs-ups and likes on social media for bashing political leadership, but instead, many were sent to the gulag for up to 25 years for telling an innocent joke about a Communist Party official. So when you hear celebrities say that we are living under a dictator and and he's a Nazi and everything, um, I haven't seen any one of them sent to a gulag prison for 25 years of hard labor. But that's not all. Check out this one. If your family was starving today and you had a job of harvesting potatoes, would you be okay taking a few potatoes left in the field after the harvest? I mean, after all, the harvest is complete, the potatoes weren't gathered in, they fell to the ground, and now they're either going to decompose and rot or be eaten by animals. Would you personally be okay taking a few of those potatoes to feed your starving family? Well, under Joseph Stalin, a person would be sent to the gulag for up to 10 years, a full decade of their life, for a simple petty theft of taking a potato out of the field. And those are just three examples of crimes punishable in the gulags. And in case you're wondering, yeah, people died in the gulags. The tentative historical consensus among archival researchers and historians who access such data is that of the 18 million people who passed through the gulags from 1930 to 1953, that at least 1.5 to 1.7 million people perished as a result of their detention through, uh, although I should say some historians believe the actual death toll was somewhat higher. Now, doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound wonderful? And this is what two of Bernie Sanders' field campaign organizers want for those that refuse to join the revolution. And if you refuse to be re-educated in a gulag, then the only other alternative is a more permanent one if you catch my drift. And in case you were wondering, the Sanders campaign did not fire these staffers, as far as I know. Instead, they have issued an official statement that said, quote, Be careful what you say, especially in public, and avoid saying anything that would reflect poorly on the campaign. End quote. Can you believe that? I, I just, when I, when I read that, I was shocked. Because under a Trump administration, if a Trump field organizer had done anything like this, the entire social media would be aflame with persecution of those people, demanding their heads on a platter and they'd be fired and President Trump disavow and disown anything that they said. Not disavow, but disown. Kick them out. Be done with them. 
but under Bernie's campaign, nope. Just watch your P's and Q's. Don't say anything. It'll blow over. So, so far, we have one supporter who shot up a Republican congressional baseball practice and nearly killed House Majority Whip Steve Scalise. And we have two field organizers who are promoting re-education of a large segment of society via gulags if they don't fall in line. But hey, that's only three people out of millions that, Bernie, uh, that support Bernie, right? Well, there's more. What every person needs to understand, and what I've said for years, is that there is no room in the far-left Democratic Party and Socialist Revolutionary Movement for disagreement. That's why I honestly laugh when I hear the Democrats claim to be the party of compassion, inclusion, and tolerance. They can only claim that for those that agree with them 100%. But if you disagree or have a nonconformist thought of your own, you better be prepared to reap the whirlwind that will follow. Just the other day, I was talking with someone about this, and she told me that last Thanksgiving, 2019, okay, she and her entire family were kicked out from a relative's home they were staying at for the holiday because the host found out that they supported President Trump and voted for him in the 2016 election. Does that sound very tolerant and inclusive just because you exercised your freedom to vote the way you feel you should? And it goes far beyond just these three individuals. You know, when the Nevada Culinary Union dared to criticize Bernie's Medicare for All plan, they were viciously attacked via social media. In fact, an email that was sent to the female leader of the union. This is a union, people. A union. Last time I checked, unions were a big, big thing with Democrats and Democratic socialists and things like that. But an email that was sent to the leader, the female leader of this union, said in part, quote, this is your chance to fix your mistake before the millions and millions of Bernie Sanders supporters will find you and end your ability to earn a living. We will find you, corrupt mother effers, of that you can be sure, and we will make sure you wallow in poverty and suffering. Apologize and fix your mistakes or else you will pay. I know tens of thousands of Bernie supporters and will come after you, you fascist imbeciles. End quote. Within 48 hours of that email, the union received over 300 emails and thousands of tweets similar to this. Does that sound like the party of inclusion to you? The party of, we have a place for everyone? My friends, I'm telling you, the left, the far left, they're getting worse and worse and worse. And there is no room for independent, critical thought. You must toe the party line and we're going to show you more about this when we come back. If you are one of our amazing patron subscribers, then you've discovered the wonderful platform upon which the Red Pill Patriot Show community is built. That platform is Locals.com, and I'd like to share with you why they were our first choice when building the community that our fans turn to on a daily basis. You see, Locals.com is a subscription-based community solution that gives power to the creators not to big platforms. On Locals, the creator has the opportunity to truly connect with their passionate fans who want to support them. You as the creator can strengthen your relationship with those passionate fans by removing the middleman and by creating a community that brings your brand and your business to the next level. 
Additionally, the creator has the ability to set the rules for their community, unlike YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, who have shown time and time again to have very inconsistent and unfair moderation. Creators can also build their network by creating with other creators that you want to be associated with. And believe me, there is real power in greater numbers. For example, have you heard the name Bridget Phetasy, Michael Malice, or Andy No? How about Dave Rubin of The Rubin Report? All these great creators are building communities on Locals.com, and so should you. So go to Locals.com today and set up your free account. Your fans will thank you. Well, now that we have covered the nines and tens per the Euchre terminology on the show of the Bernie Sanders Euchre deck, let's take a look at some of the more powerful players. Uh, I'll call them the queen and king of the Sanders campaign. Now, when Bernie was organizing his campaign leadership this time around, he recruited and hired several architects of the Occupy Wall Street movement from September of 2011. Two of those Occupy Wall Street leaders are now playing senior roles on his campaign staff, and their names are Claire Sandberg and Winnie Wong. I call them the dynamic duo of democratic socialism, or communism, if you will. Claire Sandberg is the national organizing director, and Winnie Wong is the senior campaign advisor. I'd like to focus on Miss Wong here for just a second. She is a self-described anarcho-syndicalist and co-founder of People for Bernie. Now, you, like myself, may be wondering, what in the world is an anarcho-syndicalist, and what are their aims and principles? To get us all in the proper frame of mind, let me quickly cue up a little Soviet Union national anthem music for us. Now, after I did a little digging on the internet, here's what an anarcho-syndicalist is in their own words. Their aim is to promote solidarity in our workplaces and outside them, encouraging workers to organize independently of government, bosses, and bureaucrats, bureaucrats to fight for our own interests as a class. Our ultimate goal is a stateless, classless society based on the principle of, quote, from each according to ability to each according to need, end quote. A system of free councils made up of recallable delegates from workplaces and communities. This is libertarian communism. We see such a society based on our needs being created out of working class struggles to assert our needs in the here and now. Our activity is therefore aimed at promoting, assisting, and developing such class struggles locally and internationally, which both benefits us now and brings us closer to the society we want to create. We do this according to the following three principles. Solidarity. As individuals, we are relatively powerless in the face of bosses, bureaucrats, and the state. But when we act collectively, the tables are turned. Direct action. We do not make appeals to politicians or representatives to act on our behalf, but organize to get the things we want for ourselves. And lastly, self-organization. We should control their own struggles. Through mass meetings, learning how to act without bosses or leaders, and making sure we can't be sold out or demobilized from above. There you go, comrades. There is what a true 
anarcho-syndicalist is all about. And this, this, my friends, is Winnie Wong. And she is exactly the type of person that we are finding in the Bernie campaign that is not what we want in American leadership. But she is one of Bernie's right-hand people. And let's see what else she's been up to, okay? Miss Wong recently spoke last February at the Democratic Socialists of America conference, and the subject of her talk was entitled Revolution at the Crossroads, Igniting the Socialist Resistance Against Trump. After the failed 2016 campaign, both Claire Sandberg and Winnie Wong kept busy traveling around Europe to train leftist political groups. Examples of the people that they met with were Podemos in Spain, uh, Die Linke in Germany, and the Labour Party in the UK. I would like to mention that Die Linke, uh, and if I'm not sure I'm necessarily pronouncing that correctly, I don't speak German, but they used to be the ruling Communist Party under another name in the former East Germany. In 2017, both ladies went to Norway to train the members of the Rote Party, which when translated means the Red Party. And if you're betting this is a communist party, you would be 100% correct. So let's think about this for just a minute. These two women, who are in high demand all over Europe when it comes to training communist parties, are also responsible for training the entire Sanders campaign field organizers operation. One would think with these individuals leading his campaign that Joe Biden... Joe Biden's campaign staff and the mainstream media would have no problem dispatching with Bernie and his campaign. But that hasn't been the case so far, has it? Why do you think that that is? I think it's because they're not pushing back yet, and they need to. They need to. Next up, let's take a look at Bernie's Ace of Clubs card staff member. Her name is Heather Gottney, and she's the Senior Policy Advisor. She is also an Occupy Wall Street veteran and a sociology professor at Fordham University. In 2011, she wrote an article for the Washington Post that many would consider the quintessential how-to guide for organizing radical street movements like the Occupy Wall Street movement. It's extremely detailed with a ton of insider information from that movement that was supposedly leaderless and nothing more than a spontaneous outcry from the people. She is apparently regarded as one of the leaders of the supposedly leaderless Occupy Wall Street movement. Her influence in this arena is so well known that she was invited to speak at the University of Tehran in Iran in 2013 for a conference called, quote, An American Awakening, end quote. When she returned to the U.S., she stated regarding her reason for attending the conference was, that she felt her role was there to maintain her position as representing the movement. She is quite apparently a fan of authoritarian governments from the things that we've learned about her so far. In 2006, she traveled to Venezuela for the World Social Forum. At that time, Venezuela's leader was a delightful communist by the name of Hugo Chavez. Need I say more? After that forum concluded, she wrote, quote, Today's neoliberal capitalist system has become utterly incompatible with the requisites of democratic freedom. As it stands, U.S. representative political and economic institutions are not structured as representative bodies in any real sort of way, end quote. 
Are you impressed yet by the people we've outlined so far? Because we're not done yet. Next up in our Euchre deck of cards for Bernie Sanders' campaign, let's go to the left bar, which, if you remember from my description earlier, is the second most powerful uh, card in the deck. And because of this, I actually had to split this card between two people. Um, and the two people we're going to talk about is Becca Rass and uh, Nick Martin. Now, Miss Rass is the national field director for the Sanders campaign, and Nick Martin is the field director. Now, these two report directly to Claire Sandberg, and they are both veterans of, guess what? <laughs> the Occupy Wall Street movement. At the time that that uh, movement occurred in 2011, they were both in high school and decided it would be a good idea to form an updated chapter of the New, Demo the new Students for a Democratic Society. Sorry there, it, it's called the New Students for a Democratic Society. Now, that organization had their founding beliefs and teachings based upon the original SDS movement, which was a Marxist group from the 1960s that produced the likes of Bill Ayers. They were responsible for the riots in 1968, and they produced the Weather Underground. Do your research on those, and you'll find out some wonderful things. All right. So we've made our way all the way up to the right bar in our Euchre deck. And again, this needs to be split between two senior staff members. I want to start by talking with you about a gentleman by the name of Fayez Shakur, who is Bernie's campaign manager. And you may ask yourself, who is he? Well, let me share a little bit about him with you all. First of all, you need to know that he used to be the chief editor of Think Progress. This is the website for the Center for American Progress, which is the left's largest progressive think tank and is funded by a little gentleman by the name of George Soros. We all know uh, good old George and what his agenda is. And if you don't, just look him up. You'll find out really quickly. So the Center for American Progress, or CAP, as, uh, as I'll call it here, was the main source for all left-wing policy ideas. Now, this organization is, is so far to the left, I, I should point out that in 2012, the Obama administration decided that they had to start distancing themselves from CAP because Think Progress uh, was actually publishing articles with a very anti-Semitic tone and language to them. They were calling Americans who supported the Jewish state, quote, Israel firsters, end quote, and compared Israel to the apartheid era in South Africa. Now, Mr. Shakur, while he was at Harvard, was a member of the Harvard Islamic Society, and in 2000, he co-chaired a fundraiser on campus for the Holy Land, Holy Land Foundation. That sounds great until you realize or know that one year later after that fundraiser, the Holy Land Foundation was indicted for being the U.S.-based financial arm of Hamas. Yeah, that Hamas, the terrorist group. It seems odd to me when I see this and do this research and find out that, you know, Bernie Sanders claims to be Jewish, and I think he is Jewish by birth, but uh, he claims to be Jewish, and yet I find it odd that he would have a campaign manager with ties to anti-Semitic beliefs. But do a little research for yourself. Go out there and listen to some of what Bernie says, and once you listen to his thoughts on Israel, you'll see clearly that uh, Mr. Shakur and uh, Bernie Sanders seem to be a perfect match for one another. 
Now, let's transition over to the second half of the right bar duo, and this is a gentleman by the name of Matt Duss. He is Bernie's foreign policy advisor. Now, he was, just so you know, the Middle East director at the Center for American Progress, or CAP, so he was working with Shakur. Um, he was also one of the writers working uh, with Shakur, like I said, on the anti-Semitic articles on Think Progress. Matt Dust compared Israel to the Jim Crow era in the South in one of his articles. Uh, I can quote him as saying that, he, well, he said, uh, quote, Like segregation in the American South, the siege of Gaza, and the entire Israeli occupation for that matter, is a moral abomination that should be intolerable to anyone claiming progressive values, end quote. It's really hard for me as a conservative to understand why people aren't speaking out more against Bernie. But perhaps it's because they don't know that these are the people that he is surrounding himself with. I hope to this point that you're understanding that Bernie is not just a crotchety, lovable old man. But he is surrounding himself with some very, very terrifying people. Now, I should mention that one person... Uh, in particular, that isn't, I would, well, as far as I know, is not a conservative, but he did notice something about Bernie and who he's surrounding himself with, and this individual is named Josh Block. Now, Josh is a former aide to the Clinton White House, and he has been on record telling an Israeli news outlet, quote, It is especially alarming that Bernie Sanders would put in charge of his presidential campaign and foreign policy portfolio two people so deeply at the heart of an anti anti-Semitic scandal and a cancer that has to be cut out from the center of American progress for engaging in vile Jew baiting, end quote. Do you see the pattern here, everyone? Hopefully you do. Hopefully you're seeing it. Now, I've run out of cards, okay? I've, I've, I've used everything I can in a Euchre deck for this explanation, but before I wrap up things here, there are some, some people I still need to talk to you about. I still need to introduce you to just a couple more people. So bear with me because I want to take a look at um, a gentleman by the name of David Serrato. Now, Mr. Serrato is the senior advisor and speechwriter to Bernie Sanders. And in 2007, so you know a little bit about him, he was caught on video preaching socialist doctrine, if you will, but uh, hiding under the guise of being a, quote, progressive. I want to play that clip for you right now. Many liberals believe that what we should do is have the government use our taxpayer money to essentially coerce, bribe, or otherwise, uh, in a conciliatory way, get big business to do or to follow some kind of behavior that's responsible to society. And in many ways, I consider myself, uh, I support many liberal policies. But what a progressive supports, in addition to that, is the government using its power as the sole authority in this country to tell economic institutions what to do. Isn't that interesting how Mr. Serrato points out that he and many like him have contempt for many liberals because they don't embrace socialism enough? Bernie and his campaign cannot wait to tell businesses and corporations what they have to do. Now that is, to me, that's so anti-American. We are a free market capitalist system. The government doesn't control the means of production, but you can clearly see from that comment, that quote, that's what they're all about. 
I'd also like to point out that one of Mr. Serato's heroes, and apparently many others within the Bernie campaign, is none other than Hugo Chavez, who, as we all know, was the primary person responsible for the destruction of the once great country of Venezuela. We have records of people in Venezuela that have, over the years, been hunting stray dogs and even going to the zoo and killing animals for food because under the socialist country, they're starving under the leadership. Now, you, you don't have to believe me, but look at Mr. Serrato's article. He actually wrote an article in 2013 that was titled, Hugo Chavez, Economic Miracle. In the article, he says, quote, And in a United States that has become more unequal than many Latin American nations, are there any constructive lessons to be learned from Chavez's grand experiment with more aggressive redistribution? End quote. A couple things about that that really bug me. First, I don't recall ever being taught by my parents while I was growing up that everything in my life would be equal with those around me. No, instead they taught me that if I wanted to succeed, I would be I would have to go out and set challenging goals for myself and I would have to work harder than others to achieve them. The only way I was going to get ahead in life was through my own efforts. The only thing that's equal under socialism, I mean, let's be honest, the only thing that's truly equal under socialism and communism is that every single person is equally miserable unless you happen to be a part of the ruling elites. Lastly, on this list of wonderful characters that we're discovering are all around Bernie Sanders, I want to introduce you to Analila Mahia who is the political director for the Bernie Sanders campaign. Now, this young lady made her career out of mobilizing trade unions and radical activists. She actually spent her childhood in Venezuela, which makes me really scratch my head even a bit more as to why she's working for Bernie Sanders, because she's, she's lived under socialism firsthand. But, you know, I don't understand a lot of things that people do. Um, in 2016, she was quoted in an article in The Atlantic uh, where she said, It was better to live on poverty-level wages in a shantytown in Venezuela than on a garment worker's salary in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Now, if that is truly the case, if she really feels that it's better to live on poverty-level wages in a shantytown in Venezuela than on a garment worker's salary in Elizabeth, New Jersey, you would think probably that she fled this awful, horrible country of America and headed back to the glorious socialist utopia of Venezuela, right? Nope. Instead, rather than going back to Venezuela, which she praises for their way they live, I guess, no, instead she decided to work for the, what was formerly known as ACORN, and now she is Bernie's political campaign director. Hopefully at this point in time, you have a much better idea of who Bernie Sanders really is and who he has chosen to surround himself with. And if you recall the saying that I shared with you at the beginning of the show, which says, quote, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, end quote, we now have a better idea of what America's future will be under a Bernie Sanders presidency. Now, when we return from the break, we're going to take a look at the secret weapon that Bernie and his accolades are looking to deploy should he win the presidency. 
Have you found yourself concerned about the censorship that's occurring in social media these days? On platforms like Facebook and Twitter, well, fear no more because the algorithms of Big Brother are no more going to affect you when you take a look at Minds.com. You see, Minds.com is a great platform that's fairly new, and you don't have to worry about demonetization, censorship, or unfair treatment that we have come to expect from Facebook and the other social media networks. See, Minds offers a fully transparent, privacy-focused platform with no bias, hidden algorithms, or censorship. And if you're a content creator like me, you can upgrade to a pro account, get paid for your work, morph your channel into a full-blown website with your own subdomain or custom domain, newsfeed, logo, theme, categories, the works. Minds allows you to leverage the blockchain and crypto payments to eliminate the middleman and maintain autonomy over your revenue streams. So you can say goodbye to Patreon and those companies like that. If you're tired of Facebook holding you back, set up your Minds.com account and be sure to subscribe to the Red Pill Patriot channel right away. All right, everyone, as we have gone through the cast of characters surrounding Bernie Sanders, let's take a look at some of the things that they're trying to do. Now, I know that everyone believes that Bernie Sanders is a long shot for the presidency, and, and it looks like he is. It's down to basically he and, and Joe Biden for the, the Democratic nominee. But... Just playing out all the scenarios because we never know what could happen. You know, it, it, there's it's just crazy to think about it. But should Bernie Sanders win the presidency, I know that many people think, well, it can't be that bad. You know, the checks and balances of the Constitution would keep him and his administration in line. But what we can't overlook, everyone, is the secret weapon of the office of the presidency that has been used more and more frequently since the days of FDR, Woodrow Wilson, President Obama, and even today by President Trump. And that is the executive order power. You see, Team Bernie is already hard at work looking at how they can use this power to fundamentally transform America. In a Washington Post article from last month, there was a report of an internal document from the Sanders campaign detailing how Bernie would go around Congress and accomplish his agenda should he become the President of the United States. Here are some of the executive orders that the Bernie campaign is prioritizing right now, and he hasn't even gotten the nomination, but this is what they're working on. First, they would absolutely reverse President Trump's immigration policy. Next, they would lift the cap on refugees allowed into the United States. Next, immediately halting border wall construction. Remember all the work we went through to get that wall started? If Bernie gets in the office, kaput. It's gone. They're going to stop it, and they'd probably even tear it down using your tax dollars. Additionally, they would cancel any federal contracts for firms paying workers less than what they determine to be the living wage of $15 per hour. Uh, they would also reverse the block of federal funds to organizations that provide abortion counseling. Next up, they want to ban the exportation of crude oil. And lastly, on this current top list of things that they're going to work on, they would declare climate change a national emergency. Now, I will tell you that out of all that list, which all of them sound horrible to me, just those last two, banning the exportation of crude oil and declaring climate change a national emergency would literally and absolutely destroy America as we know it. Now, you should know that 
one of the architects, the chief architects of the document outlining these executive orders that they are putting together is none other than a gentleman I introduced you to not too long ago. Yep, if you guessed the campaign manager, Fayez Shakur, you would be right. This is the kind of stuff they're working on quietly without you knowing. Now, I'm quite sure that these executive orders are only the tip of the iceberg. This leaked document goes on to say, quote, We cannot accept delays from Congress on some of the most pressing issues, especially like immigration, where Trump has governed with racism and for his own corrupt benefit, end quote. It's clear, everyone, these revolutionaries and extremists, to them, Congress is not a co-equal branch of government with the executive branch as outlined in the Constitution that I love. No, Congress is merely just a hindrance that they must go around, under, or over to accomplish their radical agenda. My friends, please, please understand that even though it looks as if Bernie Sanders won't be the Democratic nominee at this time, and therefore he won't be the president, those that support him are not going away. You see, the majority of the people that support him, they're very young, they are very motivated and extremely committed, and in the opinion of this podcaster, they are extremely uneducated. And who do we have to thank for that? Well, we have to thank the public school system and allowing the liberals to take that over and college. But hopefully, hopefully come November, we will see President Trump reelected for a second term, given the choices that we have laid out before us. Now, I know the fact that I just said that I hope President Trump gets reelected may, with some of the listeners out there, want you, cause you to want to reach out and kill me or hurt me in some way. Hopefully not. But before anyone attacks me for what I just said, please know that I am not an extremist for or against President Trump. I have watched and judged him on the merits of what he has done thus far, and in my opinion, he has done a lot of really good things. No, he has not been perfect, but no president ever has nor ever will be because we are all human and fallible, and that's what we need to look at people on the merits. What have they done? I don't care about necessarily what they say or tweet or think or what they said six months or a year or 10 years ago. That's not important. Let's look at the merits. And that's not what the world and social media and all this, they want you to just destroy people. So again, I hope personally that come November, President Trump is reelected because he's done a lot of really good things. You know, we have our work cut out for us as American patriots, and I pray that you will share this episode with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and anyone else that you think may benefit from a greater understanding of who Bernie Sanders truly is. As always, I really appreciate you tuning in and ask that you subscribe to the podcast if you like what I'm doing. And if you'd like to get in touch with me or leave comments about the show, please visit our website at www.redpillpatriot.net and click on the Contact Us link. You can also find the Red Pill Patriot show on all major social media platforms. And before I go, I just wanted to remind you that truth is only common sense clarified. Until next time, America. <laughs>
Your American dream has a white picket fence on a landscape lawn with a 30-year fixed. A pretty little wife laying out by the pool. A Mercedes-Benz and a couple of kids in a fancy private school. A six-figure hobby with a 401k. Paints a pretty scene on the silver screen, but that stuff just ain't for me. My American dream is a bottle of beam turned up when the sun goes down. Kid rock and coal on the stereo, bunch of rowdy friends getting loud. Down by the riverside, girls looking fine in tank tops and cut off jeans. You can keep your fancy fantasy, and I'll keep living my American dream. Tied in the Tennessee lottery My American dream is a bottle of bean Turned up when the sun goes down Kid rock and coal on the stereo Bunch of rowdy friends getting loud Down by the riverside Girls looking fine in tank tops and cut off jeans Keep your high society And I'll keep living my American dream Keep living my 